Chapter Eleven of War and Woman by Mrs. Saint Clair Stobart. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eleven. It was four o'clock in the afternoon, and the rain was still falling steadily when the little cortege began its seven days' trek across the roadless plains and mountains of Rumelia and Thrace we had been provided with an escort of two soldiers and two policemen who walked beside us with fixed bayonets the carts small and narrow were springless and without covering except for an inefficient straw mat slung to little purpose across the top the draughts therefore when at night it froze or rained or blew a hurricane were of an interesting variety the sides of the carts sloped to a spinal ridge in the middle in theory this was covered with hay or straw commandeered en route whenever it was procurable but in practice the oxen invariably ate the bedding by day with the connivance of the drivers who could not otherwise get enough fodder for their starving cattle sleep therefore for two even lying sardine fashion heads and feet alternately was a little difficult each cart was drawn by either two white oxen or two buffaloes and was driven or led by peasants of whom about two-thirds were bulgarian and one-third were bulgarian turks my driver pietro was a splendid fellow typically bulgarian dignified silent always courteous and obliging he owned about forty acres of land and because he was a taxpayer was not bound to serve in the army he was however taking his share of national service by working for the army transport some of the drivers walked obligingly alongside in the mud which was sometimes up to the axles of the carts others insisted stolidly and somewhat sulkily in sitting according to their usual custom on the front of the cart indifferent to such trifles as to whether or no this necessitated their squatting on the feet of their inside passengers when the latter were trying to sleep it was the duty of the escort to direct the route and to keep in order the scratch crew of drivers who being composed of turks and of bulgarians were liable to give trouble but each nationality kept to its own campfire at night and cooked its own food separately and on the whole all behaved excellently once one of the drivers had a narrow escape from being bayoneted for insubordination the oxen had been of course all through the war wretchedly overworked and underfed and one evening when our guides desired after a long day's trek to push on for another span this driver refused to take his weary oxen any farther he however hurriedly changed his mind when he saw the gleaming bayonet of one of the soldiers making straight for the middle of his heart he gave no further trouble this escort soldier told me he was going to the front as soon as he had done his work with us he was longing he said to have a thrust at the turks because in eighteen seventy seven during the russo-turkish war they had murdered his father and mother before his eyes and left himself for dead the first night's outspan was not idyllic we had started late rather than be delayed for another day and owing to the abnormal condition of the track which could not at that point be manoeuvred in the dark we were obliged to halt for the night on ground which had been trampled into a quagmire feet deep in mud and ordure by the many thousand oxen which had preceded us across thrace to the main seat of the war the night was cold dark and rain was still falling when we outspanned and set to work to try and light a fire to boil a kettle and cook some eggs before settling to sleep in our ox-cart beds the conditions were in every way so thoroughly disgusting leaving no loophole of alleviation that i was thankful for the mud in which we had to puddle about was so deep and the state of our skirts and boots and putties became in a few minutes whilst we searched for wet wood so abjectly ludicrous 
that the situation could only be treated as a huge joke and from that point of view we all agreed that we hoped never to encounter for the remainder of our lives anything more humorous the impossibility of lighting a fire by which to cook food made the absence of food to cook a godsend and the joy of moving off at five next morning from our mud and manure midden more than compensated for past inconveniences joys are relative and this little experience greatly accelerated our pleasure when after a three hours trek we outspanned on some grass by the roadside where in comparative luxury we could boil a kettle and experiment on those primeval eggs our route lay via kiselagach dervent siliolo and jenergi through about fifteen small villages of these villages some would be inhabited by bulgarians even in territory which had before the war been turkish others by turks it was with some keenness that on our arrival at kisiligach the first possible source of food supply we set out marketing but food in quantities was unprocurable here as elsewhere and we considered ourselves in luck's way when at the end of a tour of the tiny hamlet we found a room which in ordinary times would have been a butcher's shop and which was now the last resting-place of one small undefinable lump of pork this we seized unceremoniously together with a small iron grill which was lying by chance upon the counter i wanted the grill and the owner generously presented it to me as a present we only found otherwise a few loaves of hard brown bread and some sheep's milk cheese but sufficient unto the day must be the food thereof many more people die from overfeeding than from lack of food we quickly adjusted our standard of requirements to circumstances and were therefore quite content as this was the largest village we should pass through on our route a supper of even this unalluring lump of hog's flesh would probably in future loom in imagination as a legendary luxury except for this piece of pork there was nothing remarkable about kisiligach unless it were the women they dressed in garments beautifully embroidered by themselves and all of them even to the tiniest girls carried little spinning machines which they worked as they walked along as though they were unconscious that a war was raging all around them and that hosts of armies had passed through their village and eaten them out of house and home i understood later by comparison with other villages through which we passed their apparent unconcern for with the exception of the raid upon their food supplies this village had been left unimpaired beyond the frontier it was unusual to find a village which had not been either burned or devastated by the turks or been deserted for fear of the turks the whole of that portion of thrace was a depopulated wilderness time after time when with renewed hopes we approached something which had from the distance looked like a possible living village we would find deserted ruins and derelict homes the only sign of life would be a starving troop of skeleton dogs and cats with still enough life left to crawl out and petition us for food only here and there had a village been spared and on arriving at one of these rare oases it was the duty of our soldiers and policemen to secure for us as much bread and cheese as they could commandeer the houses when there were any left were picturesquely made of sun-dried mud with terracotta tilings and with steps or verandas dutch fashion to serve as shelter from the sun and rain on one rare and fortunate occasion we had been able to make our midday halt at one of the small villages which was still more or less intact a bulgarian peasant woman opened the door of her hut and came outside to look at us 
as it was raining i asked her if she would allow us to eat our bread and cheese under the friendly shelter of her step she agreed and then went back into the house to go on with her work and close the door we in the meantime laid out our spartan meal upon the step and lighted a fire in an adjoining shed to boil water for our precious tea another woman with a baby in her arms and three small children clutching at her skirts had been standing on the step watching us in silence i asked her if she lived here and she told us that she did not belong to these parts that she came from a village near adrianople and was now with her children being hospitably sheltered in this two-roomed cottage by our hostess who was her cousin her husband and her father had been captured by the turks to be transport drivers of oxen and were now besieged in adrianople she did not expect to hear their fate till the war was over i wanted the woman inside to come out and join us in our talk and i opened the door and standing on the step called to her she was making bread and two small children hid shyly behind her skirts when they saw me while two more were lying asleep turkish fashion on a mat upon the floor the woman had mixed the dough in a long trough and was now putting the bread which she had fashioned into long loaves into the oven built in the dutch fashion of bricks and heated with wood the usual fuel the bread looked excellent a thousand times better than the stuff made by soldiers with which we had often to be content and i praised it the woman shook her head we've no salt she said that has all been taken by the soldiers but all the same it looks lovely i answered and thinking of my starving corps i should be glad if you would sell me some i'd rather be killed she answered curtly than let you have this bread it's all i've got my children would die their father's fighting she turned round sharply look at them can't you see they're starving one died last week and those she glanced towards the children on the step then stopped she had caught sight of our soldiers outside and knew they could commandeer the bread other soldiers had taken all she had last week and had given her nothing for it you can't have it she ended abruptly and shut the door upon me and for the first time i realized a grim reality that was subsequently often enough impressed upon me that one of the cruelest results of the wars men wage upon each other is the sufferings of the women and children men take all these sufferings for granted and in dispatches no mention is made of the heroism shown and the tortures endured by women by mothers for their starving children it is an evil thing that men only should witness the results of war wars will never cease till women at whatever cost to themselves are admitted behind the drop curtain and discover amongst the cardboard scenery and the grease paints which glorify for the public the tragedy of war the brutal realities which are the secrets of those behind the footlights and now these villages have all been revisited by the turks and what will have become of those two brave women and their children we of course left them their bread and trekked on over country that taken as a whole reminded one alternately of the rocky hills of dartmoor of the rolling belt of the transvaal or of the plains of salisbury but a black silence brooded over the whole country which seemed mutely sullenly to be protesting against the stupendous folly and neglect of man for though nature had created a fine country with agricultural opportunities offering happiness to all man had made of it a black sahara there were no roads only tracks over old ploughed and pasture fields and neglected vineyards from which some of the famous bordeaux wines are grown occasionally we passed through woods of oak and beech scrub 
stunted as everything under turkish rule is always stunted everywhere for years trees had been cut down ruthlessly for fuel and nowhere was there visible any sign of replenishing the fast vanishing stock of timber it was impossible to read or write in the carts owing to the jolting in and out of the ruts worn deep in mud trampled by the thousands of bullock wagons which had preceded us conveying soldiers and military stores to kirk Kilis and the front sometimes we would amuse ourselves by walking beside our carts for a few miles where the mud had dried a little and it became imperative to stretch cramped limbs though great care had to be taken that there were no stragglers left behind water was not very plentiful and the outspans were apparently not determined as in africa by the supply of springs or lakes and sometimes the halt would be made in a place where no water at all was procurable for boiling our kettle of tea the one luxury that was left to us we grew wary therefore after a bit and kept over treasured in bottles a supply of water from each place where there had been no scarcity for an emergency kettle this indifference as to the water supply on the part of the drivers was probably due to the fact that they themselves had no fads either about the necessity of clean drinking water or the necessity of drinking at all and if they ever were thirsty they would stoop down and drink contentedly from the mud puddles in the road over which myriads of oxen had passed if godliness and cleanliness are inseparable we were indeed a most unholy company for washing except an occasional lick and a promise of hands and face was out of the question for we passed no rivers only one spruit and the only available bathing water was from village pumps or wells we began to understand what a slum child feels when at the beginning of the winter it has its clothes sewn on ours never left our backs for eight days our average pace was one and a half to two kilometres an hour exasperatingly slow in view of our anxiety to get to work sometimes however the monotony of the day would be relieved by passing over a battlefield from which we could collect relics and from the disposition of the trenches reconstruct in imagination the main incidents of the fight at one place upon a plain which extended as far as the eye could reach the turks had evidently whilst encamped been taken by surprise they had obviously decamped in a great hurry for the field was strewn with remains of turkish tents and their peculiarly shaped tent pegs with shirts trousers papers torn pages from the koran cartridge cases bullets turkish music belonging to the band something of all sorts indicative of an encamped army scattered broadcast over a mile or so of plain one could almost hear that famous bulgarian war-cry pet nonosht and see the turks scampering scarified over the plain towards kirk Kilis in front of us our routine each day was much the same as soon as day dawned the soldiers would arouse the drivers who had spent the night lying round their respective bulgarian and turkish campfires then the oxen which had been tied all night to the carts in which we were supposed to be asleep would be inspanned and a trek of two or three hours according to the nature of the country would be made before a halt was called for breakfast our cooks would then collect firewood and light a couple of fires boil the water for tea and proceed to cook the breakfast a valuable euphemism which was diligently upheld after a couple of hours of outspan we would jolt on again for another three or four hours then halt again and so on till nightfall when we would cook supper and go to bed thankful that another day was past and we were by so much nearer to our work going to bed was always an event of interest owing to the uncertainty as to whether there would be any bed in the shape of straw to lie on 
or whether whilst we were at supper the drivers would have taken it for their oxen on the first night of the trek i was going the round of the carts to see that all was well when as i came up behind the cart of one of the senior and most circumspect of the party i heard an exclamation of a surprisingly unparliamentary nature i knew something serious must have occurred for such an outbreak from such a quarter and with some anxiety as i came round the corner i inquired what was the matter i'm sure it's enough to make a saint swear came the answer the oxen have eaten all my bed i laughed and then the bedless one laughed and never once during the whole trek or indeed from the start to the finish of the expedition did i hear a word of grumbling or of discontent at any of the privations or inconveniences which were encountered by any of the party not even when on one occasion having by a miracle secured just before we turned in too late for that night's supper two precious chickens it was found in the morning that one had been eaten during the night by a starving cat this was at a turkish village then in possession of bulgarian soldiers most of the inhabitants had fled and the bulgarian soldiers were guarding turkish prisoners of war who were being made to work and were not apparently enjoying the new experience in this village we were rationed with bread made by soldiers unaccustomed to the task for themselves and for their prisoners and though eventually the bread had to be eaten to keep the wolf from the door we had every reason for believing that the local stores of bullets and of loaves had inadvertently got mixed and that we had been served from the wrong locker we quite understood why the krajaligan of old demanded tooth-money or dyshack for the wear and tear of their teeth on the hard bread of the peasants a sense of humour was dished up as hors d'oeuvre at every meal and filled many a gastronomical blank End of chapter 11